Hello and welcome back to the F1 Rearview podcast where today we'll be talking about and reviewing the Styrian Grand Prix. I'm joined today as always by the wonderful Reese Keeble. Hello, hi. Producer Ruth is here as always as well. Hello, welcome back. And we're joined today by a special guest, F1 fanatic Sam. Hello Sam. Hello, hi Tom Haley. hi Reese. Hello. Hi, Reece. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? You all right? Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Well, I, I, I'm good, mate. I'm um, enjoying today. It's been quite nice to reflect a lot on the races. Um, don't get to talk about it as often as I'd like. Um, Arnie, my dog, who I live with, um, just doesn't respond when I talk about my F1 um, for some reason. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so I'm, like Tom said, a bit of an F1 fanatic. Um, I'm a big, currently a big fan of Hamilton. Button's always been my favourite driver throughout. Um, in terms of teams I support, um, Mercedes, I'm just in awe of the team as an overall, uh, their philosophies, their approach to work, um, the fact that they've changed the, the, the libraries of the cars to black, you know, everything about that team, they don't focus on who went wrong, they always focus on what can we do better, and they're my favourite team. In terms of other ones, Red Bull, very close second in terms of a team and performance. And uh, I can see the McLaren badges, I'll be honest. I have been a fan of McLaren, although they were my biggest enemy with my fa- my old hero of Schumacher and the Mika Hakkinen battles of, of, the, of old. <laughs> they were my bitter enemies. But again, I like the fact that they're, they're a historic and successful team. But yeah, Mercedes, Hamilton, but true button fan. Well, it'll be nice to have a little bit of uh, someone supporting Hamilton for once on the podcast, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then, uh, the Styrian Grand Prix. Let's just start off going around and giving it a score out of 10 and a quick sentence about, about what we score it and why we think it's that. Um, what do we think of the race? Reese? why don't you start? Uh, I'll, I'll give it a give it a 7 because I don't think... I mean, yes, uh, yesterday, last week, I'd give it a 12 out. Um, we're going to go seven. Can I break up? Right, <laughs> seven done. Move on. No, seven. It was um, quite good. Um, I enjoyed the Ferraris smacking into each other. That was funny. Um, I enjoyed um, last lap Lando, just proper going for it. Love that. Um, but it's a seven because he didn't get a podium. If he would have got the podium, it would have been a a, tw- a thirteen, maybe or fourteen. But. Only a, so only definitely, seven. definitely no bias there then. None at all. <laughs> uh, Ruth, what about you? What do you think? I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. It was interesting to see how close the midfield is now, and it was just a very exciting race. Okay, Sam, let's hear what you think. Yeah, echo what Ruth said. Definitely um, an eight, verging on a nine. I think. Um, couple of things one yeah like like Ruth you said the um midfield being so close all the way throughout um also no it was um the fact that it was the second race for the same track the differences between the two um and then yeah I, I, it was a very exciting end to it all the way through a lot of good direction as well the director has been very good this, this season so far front sorted out we all know it's where it's kind of going to go so the director's actually focusing on that crazy midfield this year this bigger midfield as well even the Williams coming closer it's just so good to see definitely I to think... go off that as well of what you just said with the director Carlos Sainz has actually had a couple of overtakes this season like actually put on air yeah <laughs> like, how amazing is that <laughs> he's actually got visibility yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely been much better and I think that is this season, I think we can all kind of already know that Mercedes are, are definitely the team that are at the top there and they are going to be the ones yeah. to beat. So it is good that we have got that view on the midfield and the midfield is so close because that is really where, where the points and the battles are going to be this season, that's for sure. Um, I'd rate the Styrian Grand Prix a 7 out of 10. I think it was a, it was a pretty good race. There was definitely some, some great moves in there. I think that the move Verstappen did on Bottas just in that defensive, beautiful move, great move. Things great like that team. really made this... Uh, race really good but I don't it couldn't quite live up to the to the kind of nine race car nine car carnage that we had last week with all those uh, all those cars going out so I think this week definitely was good but not quite as good as the the Austrian GP not the Styrian Grand Prix 
Well, let's start then uh, in, in qualifying where the weekend began. It, there was questions as to whether it would even go ahead. We didn't know what it was going to look like. FP3 got cancelled, but they finally managed to find a little gap to fit the cars in, and we did get a full qualifying um, in the end. Uh, what, what do we think of that qualifying? I think that was one of the most exciting qualifyings we've definitely had for a while. Amazing. Amazing qualifying. Any qualifying that goes in the rain nullifies the car to a large extent and just shows off the driver's skill. And I think that's like to have Ocon actually where he was as well. Just was that was good for him to see actually, to see someone like that up there a bit. The only thing with the the upsetting thing was that yeah, we didn't see Perez capitalise on what he did on the Friday. Um but yeah, Hamilton's lap though just oh that yeah watching it back was just wow there was a stat wasn't there hamilton was 1.2 seconds from verstappen yeah verstappen was 1.2 seconds from vettel who was in 10th place so hamilton was literally double the rest of the top 10 away from that amazing isn't that is an unbelievable stat and you got to give credit to hamilton you know you can you can hate him as much as you like but when he does something like that you can't say he's a bad driver that is just pure skill to, some people will say, oh, the track was just getting clearer because all the cars are going around. But no, he was actually one of the only people to improve again. He was yeah, yeah, yeah. seven tenths ahead. And then when everyone else couldn't improve, Verstappen nearly did. He had a bit of a spin. It could have been a bit closer, but he would. I still don't think he would have beat the seven tenths. Yeah. And it was the fact that Hamilton then went and did an even faster lap when everyone else oh, yeah. started to struggle. So yes. Yeah. Hamilton was basically putting his two fingers up as he was going around the track at everyone, to be fair. He might as well have done because... Uh, that's how far ahead he was, and to do that extra lap, that little cocky lap, as I'd like to call it, because it wasn't, it wasn't really needed. But yeah, he, he did, he did really well. He just, he knew he could do it. He wanted to prove it. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I'm one of the people though who was quite happy that he got delayed by a while qualifying, because I was in work until I think I was in work till half past two, I want to say, or something. So I would have missed the start of qualifying, and then when it finished, I literally put it on my phone, sat the other side of the bar. And froze. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what bit did you get up to? Essentially, happy it was delayed. I was at work. Then I got a pint and sat the other side to watch it because it was delayed. Yeah, I finished work late. Definitely was go. was very good. Um, if you need me to shout me, I'll stop breaking up. I'll tell you what. One thing though that was that was very dismal in that qualifying, and that's for sure, was the Ferraris, and it was a. Dismal weekend, and definitely wanted to forget for Ferrari all around. They didn't even well, Leclerc didn't even make it through Q two. Uh, Vettel only just made it into Q three, getting it in tenth place. You know, Leclerc then got a penalty as well. It was just it all went wrong for them, didn't it? In qualifying, and it didn't that followed through into the race. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna return my F one twenty twenty because uh, the first race I've just had um, it was a Ferrari one two. So. <laughs> Not realistic enough for me. It's oh, going to be so you've got a faulty game. Yeah, 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 it's, it's, yeah. Faulty. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's not it. <laughs> I think that is Ferrari. No, no one could have expected Ferrari to be as far behind as they are. I think a lot of people thought they would struggle. They'd be worse than Red Bull. But did anyone think they'd be worse than McLaren, Renault, and Racing Point? You know, they are they are really down there, aren't they? But you know what? I think it's actually a huge factor to why the races are becoming so much more enjoyable to watch because you've got things like people like Racing Point who are now the third best team really but you can you've still got McLaren and Renault even Renault. though, even though yeah. Renault haven't really been scoring points I think they could actually come back into this so we don't we know who the top two are we know who the top one is but definitely Ferrari have just yeah they're falling apart but it's what's actually making this a very interesting season it adds more of an entertainment factor as well because you're too busy laughing at what the Ferraris have done in the first couple of laps to even uh, yeah. realise what's going on in the rest of the race. <laughs> yeah, What's I crazy think... is this is the first time there's been no Ferrari engine score a point. Wow. That didn't happen wow. since 2015. Yeah. So no Ferrari mm. engine finished, got, got a single point today, yesterday. Wow. I think it's really interesting when you see one of the top three teams actually doing as bad as they're doing it's like if you have mercedes and they weren't there anymore it'd be interesting to see who would take over from that point and who would be challenging at the front which is what we see now i think the cost gap will help with that as well yeah well what's good to say what's interesting is you say the cost gap there's ferrari don't have the cost element issue but they're still failing 
just yeah. highlights how well it's not just about money in this sport. You can go yeah. to football and you can be a Man City, import all the money in the world and they'll they'll win. But yeah, Formula One, you still need to, you're always going to have more than one team with money. You need to have the right team around you. And I think it's highlighting a fundamental flaw with the politics of Ferrari, which they've brought in a couple of good people in, but it's got to, it's got to change. Ethos so, has to change. It, right. So um, something definitely does need to change at Ferrari, but but what can change? What needs to, you know, what is the change? Is it Matteo Binotto? Does he need to go? Do they need a new leader? What What is it? It's, it's no, definitely I think it's the not people a behind driver. the scenes. Yeah, I was going to say it's definitely not a new driver. Vettel's took the majority of the uh, the weight for Ferrari not being good. It's not Vettel's fault. He, he knows what he's doing. He just makes a couple of silly mistakes, which we've talked about in the last episode. We talked about how silly his mistake was to dive in and then manage to spin his car, as funny as it yeah. was, like the, the entertainment factor. However, um, it's definitely not Vettel's fault. If, they, if behind the scenes they get their act together and they stop fighting, I think you could say, then... It'll be looking a lot better for Ferrari. I think Ferrari yeah. just got the mentality that they are Ferrari. They can't be bad. They're Ferrari. You know, they need they need to pull their head out their you know ass and, and realize that actually, they they like races off. <laughs> actually, that they they you know are a genuinely they need to fight. They need to be a top team, and that they 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 think because they're Ferrari, because they've got that name on the team, because they've got all this money, that will just come to them. But it won't. They need to actually work for that, and and that is that is a major issue I think for them at the moment. So what Benito said after the crash is that they're not looking for excuses. They can't, and you know what, they've got nothing to worry about excuses because contracts are already sorted. Vettel is probably gone, definitely gone. But he said we need to find a solution, not an excuse. And it's the pressure of the there's always someone to blame. In Ferrari, it's always been a head needs to roll if something goes wrong. Yeah, that's why Mercedes have done so well and surpassed their six seasons because yeah. they've never had the whose fault is that. Toto obviously gets pretty pissed off when it goes wrong. It's back in the table. Hangers out. Right, find a solution. It's yeah, not yeah. Blame cults, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's it, what it, needs to change at Ferrari. It's no. Not it's not an issue of it's your fault. You've made this error. You're out. And I think that's almost what's yeah. happened with Vettel. They've said, "Look, you've made too many mistakes. You're out." When in reality, they probably could have stuck with Vettel for a bit longer. Almost put him into a Kimi kind of position alongside Leclerc. But you know, they're not going to do that. And it's. Well, I was going to say, I almost feel sorry for Science because he's looking it's at that team now, knowing he's going there, thinking, "Oh, hang on, don't want to. Why yeah. do I want to leave McLaren? McLaren? Science have done a really good job of forming McLaren around it's... him." Norris has now taken that pedestal and actually the way Sites responded in the race to let him pass, they're, they're a really good team. McLaren have got a really good team. Yeah. And Sites is a good position and I think he's definitely going to be a number two next year. Um, unfortunately, he sacrificed a bit there. But... I think with, um, with Ferrari as well, it was interesting after the two Ferraris both went out, how Charles Leclerc actually handled it. He held his hands up and said, this was my fault. There was nothing Vettel could have done. It was completely my fault. And it was just really great sportsmanship to see that after the race, he could just say, I, I made a mistake. It's my fault, which is what, what Norris did before as well. Leclerc's the change Ferrari needed. He produced yeah. that last year. Last year, they were, they, they shouldn't have prioritised Vettel. 100%. Like he's the youngest F1 driver for God not a car hour longer. They've made a good turn by putting yeah. Leclerc in there. Actually, I think also that the mistake he made in that race, going for that move, was so unlike Leclerc. I don't think I've ever seen him make a move kind of that reckless. And it was so unlike Leclerc, actually. I think it was uh, Brundle on commentary thought it was Vettel. He, he, he first off accused Vettel of making the mistake and they realised, <laughs> hang on, no, that was Leclerc. I think I actually think... the uh, Italians reported on that, saying um, Leclerc's still in the esports mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ferrari, Vettel's passed it. And Leclerc still uh, thinks he's racing esports. Yeah, minimal I think damage. What you need to look at with Ferrari is, um, like, obviously, like we were talking about change and stuff. Give the drivers orders essentially and make them follow it. So, like, have your driver one two. Like, as much as it's gonna pee off Vettel being like, "Oh, you're our number two now." Tell him that he is, and tell him that he's got to respond to the orders, or else he's out. Sort of thing. I mean, I know it's too late for that now, but if like like you said about the Carlos Sainz and uh, Norris passing each other, like incredible teamwork like they know that for the team to get like a fifth and a sixth i think it was at the time or something like that or a seventh and an eighth it goes miles in the constructors championship getting them more money so that they can develop a better car i know that it's not all about the money for ferrari because they'll always have the money there because they are ferrari however it's like 
just tell like Leclerc, you're number one. Vettel, you're number two. Leclerc, you you can go past Vettel. Like Vettel, back off now, or else you're out. Essentially, that's what should have yeah. happened. Mate, you're right. Every successful team has had to have that leader and better. Yeah. The only problem you get when you get to Formula One is every single Formula One driver believes they can win the championship. And you've got, mm-hmm. even though they might take on the role of a number two, there'll be a point where they can't. That's just the nature of a well, F1 driver. I think it'll be I interesting to see happened. how Mercedes go this year because I think Bottas is kind of fed up with being in that position. And I think as the season goes on, he's going to want to, you know, say, hang on, I'm, I'm not as comfortable with just letting Hamilton win these races because I'm fighting for this championship just as much as he is. I think interesting point as well is with Vettel, he hasn't got a seat at Ferrari. However, Haas have offered him a seat, which it would be interesting to see him in a Haas and how he would how he would respond. I don't think I don't he would he'd take it. enjoy I... it. I mean, for for Haas, it's it's a win win situation. You're bringing in a four time world champion. You can get rid of Grosjean. You know, everyone's mm. happy. But I don't know. It 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 would be interesting. I think that. If Vettel went to Haas, that would just him signing off his career. He knows he's going yeah. nowhere. He knows that's the what end. I, what I find the most interesting is is that um, Bottas is, like you just said, he's probably sick of playing the second fiddle role, but he's very good at it to the point where he's practically finishing second in the championship every year for like the last six or seven years. He's only so finished I think, like, second I don't... once, hasn't he? Has he? I think he only finished second last I... year. Yeah, I retract that statement. However, he's a very good second fiddle. He definitely is no, very good second he's fiddle. He's progressed Perhaps. to be the ultimate number two. I think, I think yeah. he's never going to win the championship with Hamilton. Not mm. now. I think there was a there was an inkling of a chance last week because that's a big gap for a short season from the off. But yeah, Hamilton's just yeah put his well, foot down and just showed his boss really, hasn't he? I think Mercedes pretty much already signed their championship standings for the as a as a constructor because they're already on like 80 points whereas mclaren who are second are on 36 they're already double points ahead of second place they you know <laughs> as a constructor they are invincible i'm almost certain of it they can i, I do not think they'll be beaten anytime soon until they leave do you know what's crazy is you've got the driver standings not that you've got mercedes mercedes mclaren ferrari racing pony (laughs) Um, and then a Red Bull that's the that's the top six teams you've got Mercedes then you've got McLaren leading in the driver's standing then Ferrari then a racing point yeah and then a Red Bull and I think that's crazy it it shows that missing a race like Red Bull did last week they came out with no points that is that's going to really hurt them later on down the line Mm. that they've had a race with no points from it and they need to make sure that doesn't happen again really uh, and they can get rid of all the any issues. Well, to be fair, I think today they definitely got rid of the uh, gremlins and things they had last weekend, and they have managed to iron those out because they did manage to, to finish and reliability seemed fine. Interestingly, curbs didn't seem like they were an issue at all this weekend. I don't know if the drivers just they need were. to keep off them more or... Although Verstappen, you see Verstappen's wing. Yeah, 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 he did catch that. That yeah. actually got caught, caught in the uh, barge board. Um, they were saying that's why Bottas was actually able to catch him because at one point he was going to be catching him on the last lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he managed to get quite a few. So yeah, yeah. the curbs did become a bit of an issue. Uh, what I was reading about the Mercedes as well, it wasn't actually the gearbox; it was a sensor issue. So that's actually not a problem necessarily with the gearboxes. Yeah, it was a, sen- it was a, a bit sensor weird. issue that was throwing the gearbox into like anti-stall or something. I think they said. I'm not yeah. sure, exactly sure. There was only three retirees, the one being Esteban Ocon in that Renault. And Renault, he, he retired with the same issue that Ricardo retired with last week. Um, and also an issue that Ricardo had in that race, which is why he couldn't push as much as he wanted to to um, get past with Stroll again. Um, it, their engine is seemingly just really overheating. They have really bad problems cooling it. And that is definitely an issue that people are going to get back at Endstone pretty annoyed about. They need to work out why this is happening because they've lost lots of constructive points. Like we're saying, Red Bull lost both points last week again it's a very bad points hole for Renault again this week in that midfield it's going to be so tight they cannot afford to be losing points like that well it's going to get to the point where if you look at next week and if it happens again to another one of their cars next week you can't say they're in the runs to finish in like third or far but like I'm saying third because of the way the Ferraris are performing but you Mm. cannot say that they are in the running to finish third or far because they've had too many cars now not finish unless something happens say to the McLarens like next week where they both 
crash out or something. You've got to say that it's it's way too tight at the minute to be able to be making them mistakes because it's a short season. Well, the only exception to that rule might be with the racing points. So obviously, Renault, talking about Renault, have now lodged a protest against that racing point car. Very interesting. They've basically come out and said that, that is, that's that is Mercedes. Um, specifically, I think I've got it here, um, it's the legality of the uh, outsourcing design to Mercedes for their rear and front brake ducts. So Renault have looked at that car and seen, actually, a lot of it is the same, but the bits they've specifically found to be exactly the same as the W10 from last year is the rear and front brake ducts, which is what the FIA have taken and said, yeah, this is a real protest, and they are looking into it. Obviously, we don't know the result of that so far, but what do we think of that? Well, do we think that's a fair protest or what? I was going to say, I've got two things on this. One of them is that yeah. obviously me and you had the phone call the other day. Not that the listeners will know that. But me me and you, Tom, had a phone call the other day about it. And we were saying that, that um, the FIA were involved in all of the design aspects of that car. So what can they find, essentially? Um, so it feels like just lodging it because they're throwing this dummy out. Um, but my other point has now gone out of my head. I can't remember the other point now. So I'll move on. Very good. I'll, I'll, I'll echo you what you're saying, Chris, <laughs> because it's just, it's the equivalent of somebody going, oh that, oh, that was a really good idea. We should have just copied some of the best features. Why didn't we do it? Damn, it's too late now. Let's make it. Bit, let's try and get it illegal. Yeah. It's just they're spitting their dummy out. They're not happy about it. I think it's been good. For, if everybody had the same opportunity, although that's kind of what they're protesting, they're kind of... They're, if there's any inkling that Mercedes in any way helped them get the right design, other than them just taking photos, that's the debate. That that's yeah. the issue. I don't actually think they've got a problem with people copying the the, the designs. Well, no, I've, I've oh, definitely that not. works. Yeah, that's Formula. No, that's Formula One in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> exactly. All it's just things going around. It's revolutionary. That's. It is Formula One is always developing. It's just the teams can't help each other. I feel like That's it's a team. The, the designers rolling the team is to look at what is the fastest and design one for their team. That is what they do. Yeah. You know, they, oh, apart from at Mercedes where they are the fastest and they then continue to find new loopholes. But for the designers in the midfield, they want to look at that Mercedes and say, well, why wouldn't we make that car? That's the best car on the grid. And you can't fault them for mm. it because it's really smart. And I think it's their last season as Racing Point before they become Aston Martin. Obviously, originally it was going to be the last year of these rules as well. So they had nothing to lose by going for that that W10 chassis. They had nothing to lose, only things to gain. It, it makes sense. Money-wise, why, why spend millions of pounds on investing in a new, completely redesigned new thing for one year? Mm. Why would they do that? Let's just copy what works. Mm. So what what happens to them if they get found guilty? I'd like to say guilty, but if they get found to impede it, sort of thing. So it happened. Happened in like the I think it was late seventies. Williams did it, or somebody copied Williams. I think it maybe had been Brabham even, um, and it was I think it was before. But they said that you can't do it, so they had to give it back because it was copied or something. Uh, but they they ended up building a car in sixty days and not right. actually missing a race. So if it is found in theory, it could. Mean that they're disqualified. They've got to drop they're out. Blue. They've got to drop out. Find a car. Yeah, we'll use right. Their last year's car. They might have to use last year's car. It was last year that that um that Racing Point had Renault uh, excluded from the race results, wasn't it? Because of oh, something the with their with their brakes or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, it was zero point zero zero one too much fuel on a qualifying lap. Yeah, or it was yeah, the was yeah. Like I think that. it was it was the brake bias actually. I think Renault's brake bias got them excluded because racing point actually protested the legality of their brake bias in in their laps yeah they got them excluded oh, yeah, you're right. um yeah, yeah. so i mean they've got history and they are obviously they, they're rivals in that midfield they both know they're both fighting for that third fourth fifth position that's between them and there's a lot of money between that so it makes sense why they do it i can't see it coming back with anything other than the fia saying look it's fine like they have with the das you know things like that um I think the teams aren't stupid enough to do something illegal. That's the thing now. These days, they know the rules. They aren't stupid enough to do something that's going to get them in a bad, you know, fined, made the car illegal, whatever. They're not oh, stupid the enough Ferrari's to do that. Ferrari's jet engine last year, maybe. Well, Ferrari maybe, but yeah. <laughs> Ferrari just went like that. It's also interesting it. that yeah. since since they lost that um, engine... We've come to a mutual agreement. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we're not going to do it, but we're not going to tell you why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm. <laughs> Put enough cash under the carpet. 
I reckon if it does go bad, I don't think it will, like you're saying, Tom, because I don't think it would be good for the sport if it did. Yeah. And I think the outcome would be they'd have to revert to last year's car. Or they'd just get a pretty hefty fine. I don't know. I was going to say, in the way that the cars have been developing, then if they revert to last year's car, are they at the back of the grid? 100%. They're not as good as last year's car, apparently, are they, Tom? <laughs> I think it, it, will be, it will definitely be interesting to see which direction it goes. I can't see them doing too much towards it. I think it would be a big step in the wrong direction for the sport if they did. Because it's all about in, innovation and development. And if you're, if you're taking the best car, that's exactly what you're doing. You're innovating your team. Um, yeah, I think it would definitely... Cause It'd be interesting to see how this carries over when they become Aston Martin, whether they still copy the Mercedes design or if they go for something original. I don't know. Well, this way, I think they'll keep the two-year-old Mercedes. That yeah, point. go for the W11. <laughs> go for the yeah. busiest car. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, let's really... talk about Perez or Thrawn Racing Point. What a race did Perez have? I think Perez absolutely did had a great race this weekend. Uh, he, went, he started P17, had a god-awful qualifying like we talked about before. To finish P6, what an amazing race from him. In, insane, I think, both of them as well. Same amazing because... Sorry, his qualifying last week was P6 as well. So it just shows that he's very consistent with the results that he's getting. So obviously he is a really good driver. He just hasn't had the competitive car up until this point. Perez is always a really good driver and he's, ne- he's just not quite being in the right car at the right time mm. so he's partnered with oh. and mclaren he did really well in Sauber and was going to overtake the ferrari of alonso at one point that's where he really made a name for himself listening to burton as well he's, he's always being fast always always being fast his speed is good and i yeah he, he started p17 finished p6 yeah lance stroll by the way also talk about racing point started p12 and finished p7 despite a couple of I think Lance Stroll has a lot to prove, especially now that his dad has offered Alonso his seat next year. Who else is his dad going to offer his seat to? He's got a lot to prove and a lot to lose next year as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's kind of funny with Stroll actually because he came in, he got his dad got him into F1 through money. Mm. But there's been a couple of times where he's actually showed he has got skill. It's not just his dad that's got there. He's well, yeah. still a good racer. You look at um, it was I think it was Monza seventeen or something in that Williams. He got it on the front row in that qualifying. Yeah. He did really well there. He got it on the podium in Baku, didn't he? You know, he, yeah, he's, but, he's... but Bottas out dragging on the bottom. yeah on that final straight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he is he has had some great great moments, and I think he is a great driver. And I don't think anyone can uh, underestimate what he can do. I think he is kind of. Uh, hindered by the fact that his dad bought him that seat. Yeah. He is a paid driver. I think that will always kind of be against him, but he is still a very good driver. And I, I, you know, I think he, he definitely deserves credit for that. They're both very consistent drivers too in the racing points, especially this year. I think we're definitely seeing that Perez and Stroll are both having consistently good races and qualifying I too. I disagree a bit there. I don't think Stroll's done very well today, yesterday mm. uh, he got good position both because of the car a couple of things but yeah what he did to ricardo at the end of it you know forcing the everyone off the track I, I, yeah yeah he makes too many mistakes stroll does um i reckon he hit vessel um, a couple of years ago didn't he on that warm down lap mm. i reckon if you put russell in stroll's car it'd be like watching a completely different car essentially yeah. that that's my opinion on that sorry Rick. Let's talk about Russell, actually. <laughs> great link. Whilst you're talking about Russell, what happened to him this race? Because he had a great qualifying, got that Williams to the best qualifying position it's been in since Brazil 2018, got it into Q2, got it up to P11 in the end with the close penalty. Opening few laps, he was tussling with Magnussen, put it in the gravel, and then rest of the race, he's just fighting with his teammate. Yeah, yeah so when, when I watched him go off, it was a case of, I feel so bad, but it was like, please be Latifi, please be Latifi, please be Latifi. Because I didn't want Russell to throw away that hard work that he did, essentially, on the Saturday. Yeah. Well, is it a fact that that Williams, maybe he's got all right qualifying pace and they can do all right in qualifying, but in the race pace, they're back to last year. You know, they're back to the car that was last year. 
Yeah. Like, like Haas, Haas last year could qualify well, race pace, gone. Yeah. And I think it's two levels of development with a car. You can make a car quick on a single lap with a certain amount of investment, but it's a qualifying and racing are two different things. They really are. Yeah. And like if you look at the end of it, everyone, the midfield, all of the midfield were either finished on the same lap or one lap behind. Only the the Williams finished two laps behind. Yeah. They are the Williams are still unfortunately too far. It is really unfortunate They're to see. better in qualifying on a Saturday. Race pace nil still. I'd be interested Haas to see... Haas are doing much better as well. In this race especially, last week they had issues with their braking. However, they finished 12th and 13th this race, which is quite good from Haas, considering how they were last year. I feel like Haas, Alfa Romeo are kind of a little bit above Williams. I think it's probably Alpha Tauri. Alpha Tauri actually, I think, are a bit of a bubble on their own. They're a bit of a bridge team between the the they're back and the midfield. Yeah, they're, they're a disappointment this they're, year, Tauri. They're not fighting with Red Bull. Not even Renault, sorry. No, they're definitely not with Red Bull. They're not fighting with Renault. They're not fighting with Mercedes, um, Pink Mercedes, Racing Point. I'm getting my names confused. Uh, and and McLaren, that's the one. But they're also not. But with the Hasses, they're very much in just kind of a bit of no man's land in the middle. Where did they? Where did they finish? Gasly was like fifteenth and. Did Kvyat get a point? I think Kvyat got 10th, didn't he? Yeah. No. Daniel Kvyat was 10th and Gasly was 15th. Yeah. So, I think there's less of a gap between their Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. But I actually think their Sundays are still the same. They've just got a little bit worse on their qualifying days. Mm. I don't I don't know how, I don't know what's going on with them. I can't, Definitely. I can't figure out. It's very much a bit of a kind of a, a grey area there, and I think, mm. yeah, the, the midfield will definitely be interesting to watch how it improves throughout this season, because at the moment it's very clear cut. There's three teams at the front of the midfield really fighting for it. There's three teams at the back of the midfield really fighting for it, and then there's Alpha Tauri. So very interesting to see how that goes, and I'm uh, I'm hoping it goes the right way, but. You know, hopefully they can improve and get up there with Renault. But I, I don't know. Again, it will be very interesting to see. Because obviously they had two podiums last year as Toro Rosso. Yeah. Didn't they? German yeah, and really Brazil. They had a good battle um, at Hungary next week. Um, they had a really good battle last year, actually. Kvyat and Alvin did yeah. quite nice showing them. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely will be interesting. Lando Norris, let's have a chat about Lando. Yes. What uh, a bit of a boring race for the most part, to be honest. About lap sixty-six, he was just kind of at the back of the top ten, not really doing much. And then out of nowhere, he put his foot to the floor again in those last couple of laps, like he did last weekend, and absolutely was he, he was great, wasn't he? He got um, Ricardo, Stroll, and Perez, I think, in the last two laps. Mm-hmm. What you know? Yeah, well, that's when uh, um, uh, Stroll definitely helped him a little bit there. When he uh, took took Raikkonen, oh yeah, that yeah, that was bad move on Ricardo. Yeah, definitely. He never made he never made the corner. It was he, that, that's why he didn't make contact, which is great. But he, he was never going to make the corner. That's why. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't even penalised. So with, with Lando, it was a case of like I said, I was at work, so I was watching the highlights, and then I get a text through from Tom, all in capitals, <laughs> saying Lando with about four rows at the end. Like, right, he's Tom, done. You he's mean done... you mean Kev just scream? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, was, I stood there, so I was like, right, so he's either done something extremely good or extremely bad. Yeah. So, like, when I was watching the race later, I was like, what's he going to do? Because I was staying off all social media. I didn't want to know anything to do with the race until after I'd seen the race. Yeah. And um, it was like, like, like you said, like lap 64 or something or 60. Around then he was 10th. Mm. And I was like, well, he can't be doing some. Some freezing. I was amazed <laughs> if he got any of that. I. Th- you know what? This internet. It, it, oh. <laughs> Lando good. Lando, Lando good. good. Lando good. Let's go to the corner. What do we think of Lando? And I think <laughs> I think Lando definitely. Um, he's definitely. He's, I mean, he's still third in the championship or something. He's, he's having a great season, yeah. and I think this yeah. is definitely going to be one one for him to to remember. I think it'll be his one one of the best seasons we'll see from him for a while. Um, but I want to know what, what's he going to do next year. He's doing these bits in this McLaren Renault, put a Mercedes in the back of that. Ricardo's his teammate. I think he's going to be really good next year. Definitely best of the rest, if not. Up I there. think the problem with Nan Lando and the, 
skillful wise, he's got the ability to be a top. Definitely. I think he's so. What we forget, he's so young. He's mm. Hamilton was twenty two when he started. Yeah, Mando's now in his second or third season. Second season now. Yeah. he's only twenty. Yeah. So like, I think when you put him with a strong driver, he almost falls into the second place because he's he's still the kid. He's the kid. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the part the reason he's been been able to excel so much now is because Sites is definitely like the more rounded racer. And the older, he's now he's gone now, so he's not actually fighting against sites or having to. He he ha, he's having to step up and be the leader, and and he's comfortable actually. I think. Well, he showed that in the uh, first race as well, didn't he? When um, yeah. Signs was trying to get past him, and he he didn't bully Signs, but they had like a little bit of a friendly competition, which did slow both the cars down yeah. slightly. But it didn't really matter, obviously, because of you know. But it was it was good to see that competition happening. Whereas last year, it would have been. Lando gave the place up, and then Lando gave the place up. You know yeah. what I mean? You want to know something crazy about that lap? I said to you, Tom, last week, um, Lando deserved that third place. He didn't, even though he didn't finish third on the track, he finished fourth. He deserved third because he got the fastest lap. Mm. And you know what? That's yeah. two weeks in a row now that Mercedes, uh, McLaren have had I've been fastest. the fastest lap. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so, oh, by the way, I've, I've got those times. Sites did it in 105.6 on soft tyres. Yeah. yeah. I felt um, Hamilton very nearly got kind of like a grand slam this weekend. Nearly got yeah. pole, fastest lap, and the race win. Didn't quite get it, but uh, he was uh, solid this weekend. But Science, where was he then? P9, was it Science in the end? Uh, I think it was P9. I'll have a look for you now. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting about this? P9. Um, you say Lewis Hamilton on the grand slam, by the way. Yeah. He is now yesterday a couple of great stats i love now won a race covering three decades so wow. he's won a race in three different decades he's won a race in every single one of his 14 championships that he's competed in okay. and he because he got pole at the weekend he's had a pole position qualifying every, every single, single decade i was, I was gonna come out with that stat and look smart for once i knew that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think Lando definitely is going to be the next the next big thing. Lando and Russell and Albon, actually, they're all going to be up there. Definitely ones to watch in the future. Yeah. And Aitken, we had another British driver at the weekend. Aitken got in that Williams for FP1 and actually did. he was pretty good in that, in that Williams in FP1 as well. So that is good to see. Um, a lot of British talent Great coming Britain through. Has, if you look at all the histories, we are the most successful country, Great mm. Britain are, in terms of motorsport formula one drivers yeah majority thanks to lewis hamilton but yeah <laughs> um right then let's talk about verstappen's uh re-overtake of bottas that is one i want to talk about we talked about a bit at the start but i want to talk about it a bit more yeah what a move he pulled off that move so perfectly and i think that will be definitely a contender for overtake of the season at the end of this year what a move from Verstappen. So Bottas got past him on the straight. I think Bottas thought the move was done. Bottas was ready to keep going down the road. And then suddenly looks in his mirror and there's another car around his outside on that turn four, a very tricky corner that turn four. It's Verstappen. He pulls it brilliantly off through there, comes around the outside on turn four into the inside of turn five. I, I, we were watching it, weren't we? And just losing our minds. I couldn't believe it. It's because he did it there. Because that corner, we debated about. I know you talked about the debate last week, but it's kind of like you need to get the the you need to get it done before the braking zone, before you turn. Because once you turn in, it's like you can't point in no return. Yeah. So there was enough space, and he did it. Bottas wasn't expecting it, but regardless of that, I think it's not just of the season. That's one of the greatest overtakes Verstappen will ever do in his entire life. Just yeah. how he managed to hold that, and he's like millimeter perfect. Because even. That corner, people started doing it more, but you've you've got to be careful where you do it because Arbon on Perez as well. Yeah, yeah well, gonna get yeah. Be <laughs> weeks in a row. <laughs> but, I think yeah, he definitely had had flashbacks going around that corner with Perez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think for Verstappen, he knew full well the next lap round he'd lose it to Bottas. He was just doing that to say to Bottas, "Look, mate." If we were in the same car, if I was in that Mercedes, this would not be the same story. Even the lap after, you still going. He went, Bottas covered him, but Verstappen was still like, because I'm here. I'm here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The doing the switchback. He keeps them thinking he will never let 
It yeah. will never ever let you switch off for a second. Oh yeah, that's why he is one of the greatest drivers. He and, and he's going to go on to have a. Well, you say about them being young. You, Verstappen's in like yeah. his fourth or fifth season now, and he's only just the same age Hamilton was when he started. Well, yeah, we well, had to seventeen. Had he was to, like, seventeen when he's seventeen years old. Even, insane. <laughs> in a car, he didn't even have an, a road driving license when he started. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, definitely will be what the one to challenge Hamilton in these next few seasons. I'm almost certain of it. I've I've got a little topic that I want to bring up for debate, especially now that Sam's here. Here we go. Is um, it Keeble's Corner? Keeble's Corner. Right, welcome. <laughs> Settle down. Um, get a drink if you want to. So, um, <laughs> will Max end up leaving Red Bull in like the next couple of years? So, Ooh. I think next couple of years is a potential because I think end of... End of 21 is going to be very interesting when they bring the new stuff in. There's like sometimes you think, will he go now? Because he's not going to hit for our, he's not going to hit, they're not going to beat Mercedes. But mm. um, it's a really good question, mate. That's a really good question. And uh, there's arguments for him to stay, arguments for him to go. I don't think he'll go. Well, I'm, Red Bull, Red Bull would like to think that they've got him at least till 2024 because that's what the paper, yeah. piece of paper he signed yeah. says. So that's what they'll like to think, but you know we've we've seen before contracts don't mean that much in F one. If a driver wants to make a move, he'll make the move. It'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens when the cost gap comes in, because I think that's the biggest thing that might affect him staying or leaving. Well, the cost and how gap that affects the team. The drivers, the drivers can still have yeah. a limited pay, so that won't be. Well, affected. it won't be how much he's getting paid. It'll be whether. They can still have the same results. Yeah, with less cash. The Costco. Mm. What would be good, interesting to know is to see actually how who what the it's got to be there somewhere. What money people teams invest into it? Mm. Are Red Bull the most? I actually think they're not the heaviest spenders either. I think they're actually going to be a team that cope really well with definitely, the cap. definitely will be. I yeah. think the, the worrying thing about the question that I've just asked for Red Bull is that that is very much Max Verstappen's car. Like they have built it for Max. So if Max leaves, what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Like, Max has obviously been in that car now, what, coming up five years, I think? So yeah. it, it, it's a case of, like, you know, Christian Horn has put his eggs in on Max Verstappen's size basket. Yeah. Oh, yeah, essentially. yeah. Essentially. Definitely. I like that. Well, interestingly, you, you know there was... You a really good point about that, because it's why I think, as well, drivers really struggle against Max Verstappen, not just because he's the best driver that the team have, and there's so many people who are not on his level. But the fact that the car is actually, it's Verstappen's car, you're right. Yeah. You see how finely tuned, and even he is on the edge of it in practice and qualifying. And, and for, It's a very hard, tricky car to, to drive, and it's been fine-tuned to Max, who has the ability to, to live on that edge. Most drivers don't. He can, yeah. most drivers yeah, yeah. can't. Yeah. And that's why it's actually, if there was two drivers, like if, um, say we had Gasly and Albon in, in Red Bull, Rather than Verstappen with that car, I think, yeah, they're they're going to be they're not going to be a clear second. That car is not a clear second. Definitely not. And I think Verstappen is the one who pushing the Mercedes to have the Verstappen to have that car as high up as the Mercedes are is just a testament to him. Well, it's like yeah. uh, I think Martin said it during the race yesterday. Like he's pulling so much out of that car that he was splitting the Mercedes for the majority of that race. He was second place and yes, Bottas did eventually catch him. But it you know, he he was pulling more out of that car than Albon was. Albon was 30 seconds behind the Mercedes more or less towards the end, you know what I mean? So he 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 yeah. really was pushing everything he could get out of that car. And that is well, something very unique to him, I'm sure. It's a case of looking at Max's past teammates because he had uh, Gasly, who really struggled. Albon's Sorry, kind yeah, of struggling yeah. now. Hey, it's, it's the dog. So you had Gasly, who really struggled. Albon... He froze. He's had a pint again. <laughs> the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi. I'm sick of it. It's um, whenever you make a point, I'm sure. I know it is. I just want to look smart. I mean, it's like, no, you're not. Um, Albon's not doing as good as, obviously, they'd want him to be doing in that car. Like, he is he is dropping back a little bit. He's doing it a lot better than Gasly. Um, Daniel Ricciardo left because he knew that he was going to have to play second fiddle to Max. 
and he didn't want to do that. He wanted to be the number one driver. But then they were clearly building the car for Max, and he said that in interviews before, like that yeah. was going to be Max's car that year. So it's a case of like, do they have to have a look at it and go, well, we need to build a car for everyone, or do they? I don't know because if like let's say let's say hypothetically next season Verstappen goes, I'm off to Mercedes. See you later. You know, let's say I don't know, like Bottas has given up his seat or something, and he's off to Mercedes. Like, you know, not that it's not that it's probably not going to happen next season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. But if it does, what do Red Bull do? Well, interestingly, this is another story that came out this weekend, and not that I think it's to do with Verstappen leaving, but uh, Dietrich Mateschitz, the uh, co-owner of Red Bull, was there this weekend. What's his name? Dietrich Mateschitz. <laughs> That's his name. Uh, the the co-owner of Rebel was there this weekend and he was talking to Helmut Marko about it and he said to Helmut Marko, reportedly, I don't know how true this is, but he, he said to Helmut Marko, bring Sebastian home and said, bring Vettel back to Red Bull. Bring And, and Horner's de- denied these claims. Horner said that you know, I'm not interested in having him back. But I, I don't think Horner gets the last, uh, the last say, to be honest. I think it when is it, very much the owner's. The when it was the delay in the qualifying, they did go and speak to Christian and Christian just outrightly said, "No, he's he's not coming back. We're happy with Albon and Verstappen. He's not coming back." Yeah, but, but if, then, the, if the if big he... boys at Red Bull come back and say no, yeah, yeah I think that would be a if very different happens, question. I'll be but... upset with Formula One teams because that's not the right thing to do for the sport. Mm. No, personally, would... I, I I personally think I think I would think Vettel would Vettel would he be a second fiddle? Oh, like, 100%. Someone like fiddle? Verstappen, no. He wouldn't want to be, I've but Red Bull would yeah. say, if you want to come back, then that's what you'll do. Well, then it's like I what's think... just happened with Charles at Ferrari. Mm. I think the only way Ferrari, um, Vettel will ever be in a team happily with a teammate, I think he will only have a teammate Hamilton, personally. I don't think mm. he'll actually be... Someone... I, can't, I can't see him with a different teammate, unless the teammate is definitely worse than Vettel. I think Hamilton uh, is the only other person who could actually... Well, do you mean like a Magnussen at Haas? Oh, God, that's just a weird dynamic. I know. <laughs> the wrong character. Wrong. Because actually, what you said about cars, but the only way, the only reason Schumacher has his all of his um, championships from 2000 onwards is because that car was his car. That was what was he was really strong at. He was really good at making the car work for him. Yeah. And they had he had a number two with Barrichello. Yeah. He was the leader of the right of the of the team. The car was his. You need to have a car that works for the lead driver. Well, I think that can bring us on to our last point then of Mercedes. They they are as I think we all thought last week. They're going to run away with this season. It's theirs one hundred percent. And you know Hamilton got that absolute blind of a pole position. Uh, and I, I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that they are they are top. And Red Bull, I think, if they want to challenge them, they've got a lot of work to do to bring upgrades to that car in what will be a very short season to really challenge that that title uh, role. But we've still got uh, eight more races confirmed. We're off to Hungary next week. Um, so so what are our predictions for next week? We'll do our, our predictions uh, just before the end, and we'll just say what do we think will, will happen next week. Pole and, 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 uh, and our top three for the race. Go on, Ruth. Sorry, hold on. Go on, Ruth. <laughs> so I think Paul, definitely Lewis Hamilton... I'm, I just can't see any race going any other way at this point. Top three, maybe Hamilton, Bottas. Third, maybe Verstappen, but we could see someone else up there mm. if something happens to his car again, which it did happen again this race. It just wasn't as bad as the race before. Reese, uh, it, it... It's hard, isn't it? Because last week I said that we'd have a Red Bull one too, and uh, how wrong was I? <laughs> so um, I reckon, I reckon Sebastian Vettel's going to win it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be um, on pole. I reckon, um, I reckon it's going to be Bottas on pole, uh, and then for my top three, I want to say um, third. Perez, as much as that hurts, and then a Mercedes one two, but in oh. whatever order. So, what do you think is going to happen to Red Bull? Nothing. They just won't perform. Just won't perform. Sorry. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> All right, I Sam. They'll be like fourth, fifth, but I think so. Final end result. I think it will be Hamilton, Bottas, 
I think Albon. Oh. So I think Albon does well at this track. So does Verstappen. But I think the only way saying Albon, I think there might be, I'm taking a pun that there might be a, Verstappen might trip over something, I think, this weekend. Or there might be an issue. Or they'll try a strategy and it didn't. So I'm going to punt an Albon for third. I would actually like to see Perez up there, mate. Um, that would be nice to, for him to get a third. But yeah, Hamilton and Bottas. Qualifying, though, I think that's actually going to be quite tricky to decide. It's either going to be Hamilton, and I'm probably 70% sure it's going to be Hamilton because, again, he's he loves this track. He's won seven times here already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's Hamilton or it's going to be Verstappen or something out of the bag. Um, I don't think Bottas is going to get up there. In the while, unless the Mercedes are too far ahead of, then he'll be, he'll be second. I don't think he'll be. Yeah. Hamilton. Interesting. I think I think it'll be similar to what we've seen this week. I think it'll be Hamilton. Hamilton will get pole, and I reckon Hamilton will win the race. Uh, I'm going to say Verstappen for second and Bottas third. I think Verstappen will will hold it out this week. He'll, he'll Red Bull will come up with a strategy that will, you know, help them. I think they pitted Verstappen too early this week. I think that was the mistake they made this week. They they pitted him too early and left him vulnerable to to Bottas not to go long. Uh, so I think they they'll learn from that next week at Hungary. And I think Bot- uh, Bottas third, Verstappen second. That's why I reckon. Reese, um, I think we should do like a, a podcast yep. review. <laughs> yeah, like a, a Reese's review, a very short <laughs> and sweet and concise. What do you think of this last week's race? Um, one word. Good. Good. There you go. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Reese. Thanks my, for that uh, review. I'm a, I'm a Wi-Fi yeah. allows me to do. So. <laughs> Reese's right. review. Good. <laughs> Until Hungary next week, then. Uh, that's all we've got time for. So thank you very much for listening slash watching now the uh, uh, F1 Rearview podcast. I've been Tom. I've been Sam. Thanks for having me. Ben And I'm Michael. See you later. I love dropping out on you. It always makes it so awkward. (laughs) Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.